But now there was another tribe which uh, held prominence in the land of Hijaz. And at Taif, the tribe of Thaqif lived there. And the tribe of Thaqif are a branch of Hawazin. They used to see themselves as prominent and important, just like Quraysh. They felt that since Rasulullah has now opened Mecca, we're going to be next because at Taif was very close. Now, Hawazin manipulated Thaqif to stand with them and also manipulated other tribes to stand with them to fight the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And they were led by a man, his name is Malik bin Auf. So they could demolish the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu army. And what did Malik bin Auf also do? He encouraged every single soldier and follower that was coming out with him to war to take out with them their families, their wives, their children, their parents, their brothers, their sisters kettles, your wealth, whatever you have from valuables, drag it with you into the war. And the reason they did that, so people do not retreat from the battlefield. He was able to pull together a very strong coalition. Rasulullah heard the news and he marched out of Mecca in an army of 12,000. The army was large. And Abu Bakr Siddiq and probably some others said, we're not going to be defeated today due to lack of numbers. And you will see the consequences of this belief. Now Malik bin Auf, what he did, he managed to reach to the place where the war is taking place, which is called Autas. He managed to reach there before the Prophet Muhammad And what he did, he prepared his army and he divided them and he sent them to stand around the mountains into the caves behind the walls, behind the big rocks. So when the companions walk through the valley, they ambushed them. Rasulullah wanted uh, additional arms for the army. So he spoke to Safwan ibn Umayyah. Safwan being one of the leaders of Quraysh and one of the wealthy among them, he has a good stockpile of weapons. Safwan asked Rasulullah are you taking them by force or are you borrowing them? Rasulullah told him, no, I'm borrowing them and I will return them to you. Safwan agreed. On the way, something really shocked the Prophet Muhammad and made him very upset and angry. The Arab before, because of the lack of faith and guidance, they had a lot of superstitious matters. From amongst those that they used to believe in this tree, that whenever they used to go out on war, they used to go and get blessings from that tree and put their weapons and hang them on that tree and think that this tree will give him powers. When Nabi wasallam was marching out of Mecca and he went past one of those trees, the new Muslims who just embraced Islam told the Prophet Muhammad wasallam, Oh Messenger of Allah, why don't you make a tree for us that can bless us and give us victory and power. So the Prophet got angry and he said, Allahu Akbar. He said exactly what the people of Musa told Musa, what well, then you make an idol to be our Lord the way these people have a Lord. And then the Prophet Muhammad said, By Allah, you will follow the footsteps of the previous nations inch by inch, even if they enter a hull of a lizard, you will follow them. 
It was a very hot day and this heat causes exhaustion and it affects the fighter. You can see the difficulty that was involved in this battle. So it started out as a hot day. They took a nap under whatever trees they could find and Rasulullah called Bilal and says that Bilal stood up from beneath a tree and the shade that this tree would offer is like the shade of a bird. The shade is useless. But this was the climate that they had on that day. They started marching in this mountainous terrain and they were suddenly shocked by the attack of the horsemen of Hawazan from in front. And then they were attacked by the archers of Hawazan from the sides. It says that the people of Hawazan were good archers. So the Muslims were caught by surprise. The front of the army was Banu Sulaim. They retreated. They couldn't handle the shock. And then behind them was At-Tulaqa, the ones who were released. And these were new in Islam. Their tawakkul and yaqeen in Allah Azza was weak. So they also retreated. And their number was large, about 2,000. And then it says in the narration, camels were stumbling on one another. So it was a chaotic stage. Alignment of the army was gone. The organizing of the different battalions was gone. And it was a chaotic state. Chaos ensued with the rest of the army. And now everybody was fleeing away. Rasulullah sallallahu was calling them and saying, Where to, O people? Come to me. I am the messenger of Allah. I am the messenger of Allah. I am Muhammad, the son of Abdullah. Rasulullah is calling them to Nobel. They're running away. And Abbas had a loud voice. So the Prophet Muhammad told his uncle Al Abbas to call the companions and say, Call the people, call the Muhajirin, call the Ansar. So Abbas, the uncle of the Prophet with his loud voice, he said, Oh people, all the Muhajirin, all the Ansar, all the followers of Muhammad, come around Muhammad. And he had so loud voice that many people, even though it was a very, very hard and harsh moment, they all start to gather around Al-Abbas. And Al-Abbas continues to call and say, All believers gather around Muhammad, gather around the Messenger of Allah. Go back to Allah and everyone's saying, Labbaik, Labbaik, we are listening, we are coming, where is the Messenger of Allah? Until they were around the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi was surrounded by about a hundred men. These hundred men stood in front of an army in which some narrations, the number is given at 40,000 strong. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi was marching ahead. And Al-Abbas says that we were pulling his mule to slow him down. Rasulullah facing this army of the enemy. And Rasulullah is now facing them alone. And Al-Abbas is saying that we're trying to pull back his mule. Until Rasulullah had a number around him between 80 and 100. And this is when the real fighting started. Rasulullah said, now the fire of battle is waging. Rasulullah stood in the stirrups and started making dua. And then Rasulullah took with his blessed hand a handful of dirt and he threw it in the air towards the direction of Hawazan. This handful of dirt 
which was in the hands of Rasulullah was a soldier of Allah. Because one narration says that every enemy fighter felt something in his eyes. And they also had the feeling in their hearts. One of them, who later became Muslim, would describe the feeling that they had when Rasulullah threw this single handful of dirt towards them. When he was asked what happened, how did you feel? He would take rocks and throw them in an iron pan. And you would hear all of that clattering sound. And he would tell them, this is how we felt in our insides. Assuredly, Allah did help you in many battlefields. And on the day of Hunayn, behold, your great numbers elated you, but they availed you not the land, for all that its wide did constrain you, and you turned back in retreat. You felt confident in the numbers that you have, and that's where the problem is. They left a lot of spoils behind. They left a lot of beauty behind. And that's where the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu first collected the beauty, and he Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam assigned a companion by the name of Mas'ud ibn Amr to look after the beauty where it was collected in Jaraniya. And it's mentioned that there were 6,000 captivities, 24,000 camels, 40,000 sheep, hundreds of kilograms of silver and gold. Then the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mobilized his army again and continued following and chasing up with the enemy that fought against him from Hawazin and Thaqif to Ta'if. Rasulullah put a very uh, strict siege on a Ta'if that the first one in Islam to use and throw the catapult is Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Even though the uh, catapult was being used and it was fired and it was ramming a Ta'if, they didn't give up. And they had archers on the walls. And in one narration, it says that the Muslims were within range and they were being struck by these arrows. So they had to retreat and move out of range. And then the Sahaba used what is called the Baba. And this was a wooden structure where some Sahaba would enter into. And then they would use as a cover to protect them from arrows until they can reach to the wall and be close to it. But the thing is that the people of Ta'if used a weapon against a Dabbaba. They were using thorny pieces of iron that were heated in fire. So these pieces of iron would strike against the Dabbaba and burn it, and then would penetrate it and reach to the ones who are inside. So it injured some of the Sahaba, so they had to retreat, and this weapon was uh, proving ineffective. And then Rasulullah ordered that the grape vines of a ta'if which were outside of the city uh, to be cut down when they see that their livelihood is being uh, burned down it weakens their morale and willingness to carry on with the siege and the prophet muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam also made one of the companions to make a call and say that anyone that comes down will free him or would not attack him and obviously they know that the prophet sallallahu sticks by his word 23 men came down from their main fighters, surrendered to the Prophet ﷺ. So the Prophet ﷺ freed them. And when they saw the good character of the Prophet ﷺ, they became Muslims. Then the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ called upon the companions to move and leave the Ta'if and go back to 
uh, Mecca, some of the companions said, no, we'll continue fighting. So the Prophet said, go and fight. So the next day they tried to fight, but they got nowhere. So they said, oh, Messenger of Allah, we will leave. We'll go with you. So the Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he left and Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam left saying, we are going back, repenting to Allah, worshipping Allah and glorifying Allah or Allah guide the people of Thaqif and bring them. The Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went back to Ajjarana where the spoils and the, and the beauty was gathered. And the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam started to give. Nabi Alayhi started to give and give and give. He'll give him a hundred camels. And then he'll say, Oh, Messenger of Allah, give me more. The Prophet will give him another hundred camels. And then he says, Oh, Muhammad, give me more. And the Prophet will give him another hundred camels. Abu Sufyan came to the Prophet and the Prophet Alayhi gave him a hundred camels. Then he said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, I have a son, Yazid. So the Prophet gave him another hundred camels for Yazid. He said, Oh, Messenger of Allah, what about Muawiyah? And Nabi gave him another hundred camels. Another man came, the all new Muslims. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam only gave the new Muslims. He did not give anything to the Ansar. He came to Hakim ibn Hizam, who's also a new Muslim. He gave him a hundred. So he said, give me more, Muhammad. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave him another hundred camels. He said, oh Muhammad, give me more. So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave him another hundred camels. Another new Muslim, who was from the severe enemies of Islam, Safwan ibn Umayyah, came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he asked, uh, and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave him a hundred camels, then another hundred camels, another one, another one, another one. That the rumor started to be spread amongst the people saying that Muhammad is giving and is giving and he does not fear poverty. And the word is going and turning to everyone. Until the Prophet's garment got stuck in one of the trees. So the Prophet said, Oh, please release me and release my garment. By Allah, whatever I have, I will give it to you. If I had the range of mountain of Tuhama full of gold, I'll give it to you. I'm not getting anything. And by Allah, you would never find me as a selfish person. Know that you'll find me a coward. Know that you'll find me a liar. I'll give you, just relax. That one man came to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he grabbed him from his garment, from his shirt, from the front and pushed the Prophet Alaihi Wasallam from everyone. And he said, Oh Muhammad, become just. You're giving everyone and you're not being just to others. Give me. So Nabi Sallallahu said, What are you talking about? If I am not just, then who is just? But who's watching on the other side? The Ansar. Those who came with him from Medina. Those who accompanied him. Those who stood by him. Those who fought with him. Those who sacrificed everything. And they saw the Prophet was giving everything to those newcomers to Islam from the people of Mecca. So they start to talk amongst them. Look, Muhammad found his people and the Messenger of Allah found his tribe. And it looks like that he favors them over us. And it looks like that Muhammad doesn't care about us anymore. And it looks like that the Prophet ﷺ went back to his hometown, his place of birth, and he's going to settle there. So he came to the Prophet ﷺ, one of the leaders of the Ansar. His name is Sa'd ibn Ubadah. Oh, Messenger of Allah, these people, the Ansar, are sad because you have given your people and you have given great portions to the leaders of the Arab tribes and the Ansar are empty-handed. So Rasulullah asked Sa'd ibn Ubadah, where do you stand, O Sa'd? Sa'd ibn Ubadah said, Ya Rasulullah, I am but a man from my people. So Rasulullah said, bring all of your people together in this pavilion. 
Sa'ad ibn Ubadah radiallahu anhu went and gathered the Ansar in the appointed pavilion. This is a private meeting between Rasulullah and the Ansar. The Ansar have gathered. So Rasulullah praised Allah and thanked him. He said, didn't I come to you and you were misguided and Allah guided you through me? I came to you when you were poor and Allah enriched you through me. I came to you and you were enemies and Allah brought you together. They responded and said, all favors belong to Allah and his messenger. And then Rasulullah told them, well, won't you answer back? They said, what should we say? When all favors belong to Allah and his messenger, Rasulullah said, in the name of Allah, if you want, you may say, and you would be telling the truth if you do. You came to us rejected and we believed in you. You were betrayed and we supported you. You were a fugitive and we provided you with a home. You were poor and we enriched you. O people of Al-Ansar, are you upset because of a small material gain that I am using to bring a people closer to Islam while I have entrusted you to your Islam? Aren't you content that people would go back with sheep and camels while you would go back to your homes with Rasulullah in the name of whom Muhammad's soul is in his hands? If it wasn't for Hijrah, I would be a man from Al-Ansar. And if people take a road and the Ansar take another road, I would follow the road of Al-Ansar. Oh Allah, forgive Al-Ansar, the sons of Al-Ansar and the grandsons of Al-Ansar. They started crying until their beards were wet and they said we are pleased with Rasulullah as our share. And before he وسلم, before he divided the beauty, he waited few days is that he was waiting maybe the people of Thaqif will become Muslims and then inshallah after they become Muslims I don't need to divide the wealth or give it back to them but they delayed and they came later on after the Prophet had divided the wealth few days after that the people of Hawazan and Thaqif come to the Prophet Muhammad as Muslims Allah accepted the dua of the Prophet and they sent a delegation of 14 men to speak to the Prophet and they came to the Prophet ﷺ saying, Oh Messenger of Allah, we became Muslims. But our parents, our mothers, daughters, children are within you people, they're all slaves now. And that's how slavery starts. So the Prophet ﷺ said, What do you want more? Do you want your wealth or do you want your family? They said, Who puts anything over family? We want our family. So the Prophet ﷺ said, I promise you that anything that came to me and my family goes back to you. But I've already given to people to their property. But I want you to do something. When I pray Dhuhr, you stand up for people and say, we are asking the Prophet Muhammad and you people to return back our families. So after the Prophet prayed Dhuhr, they got up and then they said, we ask you as the believers and we ask the Messenger of Allah to give us our families back. So when the Prophet Muhammad he got up and he said, whatever I took that belongs to you, that I and my family had taken, it goes back to you. When the companions saw that from the Prophet everyone else got up and he said, you take. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this also opened Ta'if and Taqif and Hawazan, which were big tribes. And through this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala purified the Arabian Peninsula 
The people of Quraysh, for centuries, their livelihood was based on doing business. They had an influx of people coming in for Hajj and Umrah throughout the year. So that was the foundation of their business. So what they used to do is buy and trade with the people who are coming in to Mecca throughout the year. That's all what they knew how to do. They weren't into anything else. Rasulullah announced to the mushrikeen that after this year, and this was in the ninth year of Hijrah, no mushrik is allowed into Al-Masjid Al-Haram. To the people of Quraysh, this was a catastrophe, a disaster. We're dead. Because not all of the Arabs have become Muslim yet. And these are the ones who are gonna come in and do Hajj and do Umrah. And these are the ones whom we depend on for our livelihood. And now Rasulullah is saying that they're banned from entering the country. I mean, this is not good for the economy. So how did Allah provide for the people of Mecca? Whoever has taqwa, Allah will find a way out for them and will provide them from sources they never expected.